What's up, RSL Nation? It's your boys, Adele and the Baker, with another episode of Scarf Life. Adele, how you doing, man? Man, I am getting ready to go to bed. You know why? Because we have to be up at the butt crack at dawn tomorrow? 7 a.m. kickoff. Look, yeah. we, we have done some crazy stuff in the name of footy. I remember 2002 World Cup final kicked off at, I think, 4 a.m. It was uh, 2002, Brazil, Germany in the final. Um, Oli Khan, for those of you who this might predate, look up Oliver Khan, a longtime goalkeeper of the Germ- for the German national team, as well as FC Bayern Munich. Got scored on once in the first game and then had clean sheets for the rest of their group games and throughout the knockout phases. And then Ronaldo, original Ronaldo, now called Fat Ronaldo, scored on him <laughs> twice in the final. Oh, that man. was, I think, four. I remember going into, because I'm a Germany fan, right, on the national team. I mean, other than the U.S. and, the, you know, Bosnia. Right. I, I'm, I'm a big-time Germany fan. And me and a good friend of mine um, who has no affiliation with either Brazil or Germany came with me. And we, we made a mistake. We put, we put on these, like, Germany jerseys on us, right? And then we went to a Brazilian bar to watch the game. Nice. Bad mistake, man. Because up until that point, I thought the Brazilian soccer fans are just samba, you know, like happy, go lucky. Yeah. yeah. No. No. That's not how any of that went. It was really, <laughs> really bad. The only reason I mentioned that, that was the last time I remember, like, actually getting up at a crazy, stupid early hour right. to watch a soccer game. And guess what? That was not... I repeat, not a Wednesday morning when I have to go to work right after. I'm literally yeah. going to be sitting in a meeting while I'm watching the second half. Yeah, that's, that's just poor planning on your part. <laughs> um, the whole work thing gets in the way of stuff. Right. It, it's, they really need to consolidate or uh, consult you before they start scheduling meetings like that willy-nilly. 2002, well, that, or, was, uh, that was the Japan maybe- one, right? That was 2002 was... Yeah, that would have been Japan, right? Uh, Hence the early hour. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess that makes sense. But yeah, dude, 7 a.m. kickoff, which means first beer we're cracking at like, what, 6.30 conservatively? Well, I'm going to go classy, right? So the theme of my morning is Irish coffee and American soccer. There it is. I like it. Simple enough. Irish coffee, American soccer... Let's see what happens. Roll the dice. I, I I like our, I like the plan. But yeah, I mean, and I think that when you look at what these dudes are looking like as they're running at you know midnight in Orlando and still everyone's like dripping sweat and you know it's still like ninety five degrees. Like I get it. I wouldn't want to play in the middle of the day or you know late in the afternoon either. Like nine a.m. kickoffs aren't ideal, but better than heat stroke, I suppose. Well, remember you and I talked about this when they announced this tournament, and especially when they announced the schedule. And no, before they announced the schedule, but when they announced that the game times of the different games, and we talked about this because I heard, if I'm not mistaken, Carl Beckerman talk about this before. How those uh, remember uh, a couple of years ago we had a couple of like 2 p.m. Sunday games, right? And he mentioned and he talked about at that time about how. 
the player's mentality is a, is a little different. It's it when you you're playing a two p.m. game on a Sunday. I'm not sure he cared about the Sunday, but it's the two p.m. part to him that sucked. Uh, it's just it's not you don't get to go through your usual process. You right. don't get to do the wake up. You know, usually late in the morning and have a meal and get a stretch and you know sure. go through your routine. I can't even imagine what that looks like when the kickoff is at 9 a.m. their local right. time. Right, right. There's like dudes having coffee on the sidelines still. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's having his first smoke. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, anyways, I think we'll talk more about this game um, in a little bit, but I do want to preface before the preface of the preface. No one knows what in the world's going to happen tomorrow. I do not think. 7 a.m. kickoffs, so in there in the Eastern times or 9 a.m. kickoffs, that is just an additional X factor to all of the other things we'll talk about. Right. But I know yeah. you have an agenda for today's for sure. Uh, for I, today's I mean, here meeting. Yeah, I, I think you you know to to kind of briefly touch on that. I think you know when RSL had to like go and do the Texas um, uh, you know road trip where you had to play like Houston and then FC Dallas like one week like like back-to-back weeks and it was just awful. Like that felt difficult because, you know, it was happening to RSL. I think if there's like a saving kind of element to this, it's that every other team has to play the exact same weather, the exact, like, you know, a bunch like SKC's already had a 9 a.m. game. Um, So I think that part's kind of, it makes it, while definitely not ideal and while I'm definitely not looking forward to waking up at, you know, 6 a.m. Literally, um, it makes it a little, a little more bearable. Oh, absolutely. And, and just to be clear, I'm, I'm not complaining on behalf of RSL. All, what, I'm pointing this out. And by the way, side note, I'm cool with 7 a.m. games, just to be clear. I'm right? definitely not. Um, I'm, I'm okay with them because look, I, there's no such thing as too much soccer to me, Right. Let's get in. Let's watch it. I'll watch them at 7 a.m., 7 p.m., midnight. I have watched them at all those crazy hours. What I'm trying to say is that the level of unpredictability just got injected with steroids. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it's. I think you put it very well. It, it's another X factor in a game that already has a ton of X factors. Like, exactly. like all of these variables that you have to, you know, like – has the team practiced at 9 a.m. for 9 a.m. games? You know, like bodies are weird things. And I think once a body gets used to something and, you know, has a certain expectation of how it behaves in the morning and suddenly and radically you shift that, like you got to plan for that. Um, but yeah, I, I just, it's, it's I crazy. Just hope, I just hope they don't give Everton any coffee before the game. I want to see angry Everton. <laughs> right. Like, you know, that saying, like, don't talk to me. I haven't had my coffee yet. <laughs> right. I want to see that Everton. I mean, yeah, yeah. obviously, he seems like that guy all the time. I'd like to see what happens when, <laughs> when it actually happens. Just, just prod the beast a little more. Yeah, I mean, it, it is SKC. Anyways, we'll get into the game in just a bit. Right. So, so uh, but what yeah, are we you, talking about. I mean, we we you know we got to talk a lot of, about a lot of stuff. So one of our uh, very near and dear listeners, a long time listener, a guy by the name of Matt R. I'm not going to share his last name. He might not appreciate that but you know he reached out and um he said some pretty cool stuff and i think he gave us a topic that i'd like to explore with you specifically regarding our dps and how that ties into albert's injury and the young dp we signed back at the start of the year um 
I think we're gonna probably discuss the SKC game a little bit, and I think that'll be a it'll probably be a pretty short one. How's, yeah. how's that sound to you? No, I love it. First of all, I want to mention Matt because I was just catching up to the stuff he wrote. Uh, dirty little secret is uh, you actually take care of way more of the page than I do of late. <laughs> so you're way more uh, on top of things. So uh, Matt, thanks for writing us, man. That That's super awesome. Um, he paid us the ultimate compliment. He of, did. Of roundabout say what, what I think he said, which is. I mean, I have it up. I, I would like to actually read it word for word. Go ahead. The thing I like is your real supporters that know the team and the sport. You love team like we all do. As a fellow supporter, it makes you super relatable and fun to listen to. It's a peek into someone else's discussions like what our family has. Love it. Yes, that is exactly what we set out to do. I'm not sure if we, I mean, we set out to do that because we don't know any better. Right. And secondly, because anything above that or beyond that would take work. <laughs> right. For sure. And, but we set out to just, hey, just a couple of dudes who kind of, you know, we follow it very closely. Right. And I, I still remember us talking about starting this podcast. What was it? Two, three, four years ago now? At least two, three years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're basically driving home after a game in my car. Or maybe it was your car. I can't remember. Right. Talking about the game. I'm like, why don't we just record this and throw it up and see what happens? Because I know those, there's 20,000 people at Rio Tinto. Right. I'll bet you that conversation happens 5,000 times, if not more, right after the game, just from the people from the stadium. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. We, we have nothing wise to say. We're, <laughs> we're just a couple of dudes um, sharing what we think. Uh, so, yeah, that was the ultimate compliment. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, big shout out to Matt. You know, big big thank you. It it's I don't think he realizes how important that last line is because it really was like I th I think sometimes people don't realize how raw this thing can feel. Like it really, you know, especially as like going to the stadium isn't even an option anymore. Like yeah. We 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 just got to consume it the way everyone else does. And that's through a screen or multiple screens, depending on the situation. Absolutely. So let's get, let's get to his actual point. Yeah. So, um, you know, he, he, he brought up the, uh, the, the minutes regarding our DP caliber players or, or designated players. And he, and he, you know, had a very interesting view that actually, you know, I'd like to explore. I think it's worth discussing, but our big curse is a blessing in disguise. We're building a solid bench that will be dangerous with the right, and then he puts it in quotes, bigger names. And I think bigger is in reference to DPs. Um, and, and I think it's a very appropriate thing to get into right now because of, I think, three primary factors. So uh, we had the Colorado or the Minnesota game, and I have never watched an RSL game where I've, left feeling like that was a waste of my time even the games where we get blown out like you know i was i was there for it i saw it happen but that minnesota game was brutal to watch um just two very defensively stout teams that you know were just didn't have a lot of options in attack um but one of the most notable things that happened somewhere around the 30 minute mark 
is that our boy Albert Rushnak, um, you know, kind of starts going down with what appears to be an injury. You know, he's grabbing his hip. He's kind of signaling that he needs some, um, some help from the sideline, from the physios. And I think this is the part that kind of bothered me a little bit. He was left in that game way too long for my comfort. Like you could tell that there's no way this guy's finishing 90 minutes. And I recognize that you don't want to pull him out until you've like, until the sub is ready. But there is like, just, just treat him on the bench and play down a man for five minutes. I, I think long-term it'll, it probably would have been better. Um, yeah. I, I think he left obviously in a lot of pain and uh, it was announced earlier today that he has officially been marked out on the injury report for the SKC game. That's a big hit. I know we like to complain about Albert, but and we I know we complained about him taking penalties and we suggest that he should no longer do them. He does have a moment or two of brilliance in him at all times though. Right. I so mean, that that is I mean quite literally Albert Rushniak probably represents what would you say 30 40% of our payroll. There is yeah, a yeah. reason for that. Justified yeah, I or think not, it's something like that. Right. For that. Right, for sure. Um, and we're not a team that's so deep that we can easily replace an Albert Rushniak. So you and I kind of talked about this a little bit before the you know, before we hit the record button. Like I remember in the the golden years of RSL, you know, on those rare instances where Javi Mo couldn't couldn't play or where he was injured and he was out. And it was basically like the world's ending. Like I, I already notched it up as like, oh man, uphill battle. There goes the attack. Like maybe we'll just get a nice nail nail. Like, you know, yeah, that, not, that, not those, a lot those, of those were, the, those were the days where best case, those were, the, those were the days where it was almost a blessing in disguise that Javi Mo once in a while was not able to play because every time, <clears throat> every time we started thinking Javi Mo is overrated, he would miss a game, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's why we need him right. so badly right. because it was not the same team, not even close when Javi Mo was not around. But I, what I think, where I think you were going is to say that Albert Rushniak being out is not quite that same impact. I don't no. think there's a single, well, there's, there is a single player I can think of, and I'll let you give me your, your guess of who I'm, who I'm thinking that has a huge impact on the game if he's not around. I do not think that's Albert Rushniak, though. I would agree. And I think, you know, it's, it's clearly Everton. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, no, and you're yeah, you're absolutely right. Like it, it's the those feelings of dread when on those rare instances where Javier Morales, you know, wasn't, you know, wasn't even an option on the bench. Like, I don't have that with Albert Ruchnak, and and I'll be totally like upfront. That could be just bias on my own part. Like I recognize that we, we are human, but I also think it speaks to you know his actual importance on the field, and then. And then ultimately where I want to lead this discussion, and that's that whole DP status. But yeah. Let's get so into that because I agree with you on that. Right. So there's one of our DP players. Um, our boy Freddie had himself a little post-match interview after the Minnesota game. Fred, Freddie the coach. Freddie the coach, yeah. <laughs> Freddie Juarez. Um, and he was asked a question that's kind of been on my mind, you know, in the first two games that I'm kind of curious 
RSL Nation hasn't brought up sooner, but we went and we signed a young DP from Venezuela to, uh, in theory, replace the young DP from Venezuela that we lost. That was the um, idea. Yeah, you know, our, our Jason Ramirez, and I think he has something like 11 minutes on the books with RSL and those, one of those, I think he came on as like a sub in, uh, in the New York game, if I remember correctly. Um, and I really liked what I saw, but, you know, it was asked like, hey, you know, where is this guy? And uh, Freddie, you know, spoke very highly of him and he touted him as, you know, as somebody that we're going to love and, you know, a really exciting player. But ultimately hinted at fitness, not uh, fitness being, or a lack of fitness, I should say, being the reason that um, uh, Jason hasn't gotten any minutes or hasn't even been an option on the bench uh, for either of our two MLS's back tournament games. So hearing Freddie say that was kind of wild to me. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, and, and so there's our, uh, or young DP or DP well, number let's, two. Let's t- let's touch on that for just a second. So you're right. You only have three, right? So he's a DP player, right? Who look? Let's face it. If things weren't as messed up as they are right now, we would be mid-season right now, right? Right. And he's not in shape. I'm not talking performance, right? Those things, they're kind of a dice shoot, crap shoot, whatever you want to call it. The dude is not in shape to play a game of soccer. How bad out of shape do you have to be to not be able to play? Bro, I haven't ran in three months. I got 15 minutes in me. Right. And I, and I think that's the part that's... So, I, I mean, I think in Jason's like defense, he joined the team as covid you know, literally was happening. Like, I think he was here for all of, you know, a couple weeks before everything was basically shut down. Yeah, go um, home, get a treadmill. You just got a new contract. Yeah, for, for sure. Like, there there are plenty, you know, every player was in quarantine. And there are things that I think he could have, he, he could have taken upon himself to do if, if had he chosen to. Befriend Demir on Facebook. All right. right. What whatever Demir is doing for fitness, every player should be doing. I'm just gonna say that. Every, yeah. every person should be doing. Have that you, or uh, have you seen those uh, abs on the dude lately? Him and Aaron Herrera, man. Or Aaron Herrera gained like easily fifty pounds of muscle. Dude looks uh-huh. like he's been just l- sleeping on the weight bench. <laughs> um but yeah, that's not, not, not sure about 15 pounds of muscle. That's a lot of muscle. But yeah, no, I, get, dude, I get what you're saying. Dude right? is jacked. But yeah, um, and he went from a pretty small kid. So I, 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 I wouldn't be shocked if it was double digits weight gain. Most of that being muscle. Hmm. Anyway, we're not here to discuss Aaron Herrera's physique. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like there's a part of me that, that not necessarily wants to lay blame somewhere. But I'm genuinely curious, like, did you not set expectations when this guy came in? Did you set them and then he didn't follow suit and now he's being punished? In which case, do you, like... Do you have an out to your contract? Like, right, like, do we need to run... You know, do we need to talk about... Like, the, his whole appeal was his pace and just, like, his directness. He 
I think at one point I described him as the hybrid love child of Jefferson Savarino's footwork with um, Corey Baird's pace and directness. Like that was that was his appeal was the the fitness and the youth and the ability to put you know uh, put miles miles on those legs, and and fitness being the reason that he's not even on the bench is is I mean it's almost inexcusable for me. Oh, it's, it's not almost. It is inexcusable. Uh, now, who whose shoulders that blame lies on is a whole different story. But yes, in a, it's inexcusable. Right. But I, I think I think you're making a grander point here. So what what about the last DP? Yeah, I mean, then we've got our our boy uh, Sam Johnson. Um, you know, I, I think in, at his peak performance last year, something like nine goals on twelve shots over the course of you know, I think two months. Um, one of the most efficient uh, strikers in MLS last year. Um, and for whatever reason, be it a lingering injury that he didn't deal with until very late in the year or early in the year, depending on how you want to look at it. Or um, I don't know, maybe some of his weird comments that he made after, after games has been getting nothing but junk minutes. Um, Sam Johnson has not gotten anything more than 15 minutes per game. So, in, in the MLS's back. Um, and you know, if he was, if, if he was losing those minutes out to somebody like a Jason or, um, you know, a, a, a Miram or, or even a Rossi, I think I would understand that. Um, but you know, would you? I, I, maybe not like he is our yeah, DP I striker. Like, I think, I think it'd be more, you know, it'd be an easier swell to pull, a easier pill to swallow. Um, but he's been losing those minutes to uh, the Douglas Martinez, which no disrespect to that kid. He he had himself an outstanding showing in both of his first two games, especially mm-hmm. that first one. Um, but once again, you know, you do only have so many DP slots, and it's very strange to me that there is a very, very likely probability that tomorrow morning RSL starting 11 will have exactly zero DPs. That blows my mind. Well, I have, I have, as you might imagine, multiple thoughts on that. All right. So first of all, Douglas Martinez, I agree. Really solid performances, right? Very solid. Well, let me ask you this question. How many goals? Uh, yeah, zero. Shots on goal? I, I think in total like three or something. And even that I feel like is an exaggeration. That's an exaggeration. Um, assists? Mm, one. Oh, did he have one? Yeah, he assisted I think to uh, – and don't quote me on this, but I think he assisted on, on, um, the fir- on uh, Albert's goal. Oh, okay. All right. All right. But not a hundred percent certain. I think so, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. He was in the play. I, I'm not sure if he assisted. Love the kid. Great hustle. Lots of potential. Very smart kid. Seems like he is in, in mostly the right positions during the build up play. I didn't see him offside very often. Seems to be in shape, can run forever, you know, the whole nine yards. Right. But at the end of the day, the striker's number one responsibility is to provide goals. For sure. Right? Now, sometimes they can be 
It can come in the form of a goal, ideally, or sometimes it's an assist. Just the fact that we don't know whether he assisted on Albert's goal tells you everything. He might technically have an assist, but we all know it wasn't an assist. That's not the point. And again, love the kid. But you have a DP-level striker sitting on the bench. Right. Nine goals on 12 shots, I think, did you say last year? Yeah, yeah. I would take away the one of the most efficient. I, I I would dare anyone to find me a striker who was more efficient last year with the shots on goal to goal ratio. Now, there needs to be a... There needs to be a minimum. Let's just say no less than three goals scored. Because right. there's always that one guy who had one shot and had that one goal. <laughs> right? So that's a, that's right. 100%. But this is a lot of goals on very few shots. The guy looks the, – the minutes I've seen him play looks fit, looks healthy, fast, looks sharp. Maybe I'm missing something. We're not getting the whole picture. I mean, we're not right. getting the whole story. So we might be missing something. I'm going off of the information I have information i know right now he looks fit he looks healthy he looks quick he looks sharp it is and this carries over from last year even though afterwards we learned he had some injuries he was still dealing with unless there's some really deep secrets buried behind the scenes somewhere of you know what he does or something else i think it is absolutely inexcusable Sam Johnson is not playing games. I don't want to say 90 minutes because it's that crazy Florida humidity and heat, but it is inexcusable carrying over from last year that our DP striker, we have identified three years ago, if not more, ever since Saborio left, that we're we're good in buildup, we're missing a killer up front. I love, love, love what Corey Beard has done. He has absolutely shut me up so far right. in this tournament. I love what he's doing. I, you know, honestly, I love Rossi. Don't get me started. He had a really good preseason. The, the off time did not help him. All right? That did not help him at all from what I'm saying. Right. Um, Merrim hasn't done anything yet, but we all know he is capable of doing things. He can be an X factor. Yeah. Sam Johnson needs to be on the field right. for as long as Sam Johnson can run. Now, if you even think back to last year or the year before when he first joined us, right? His number one problem we thought at that time was that he cannot pace himself. He's always a hundred percent. That's why he right w- wears himself out. He wears himself out real quick. But hell. Yeah, that's even more of a reason. Put him on. Let's see who can keep up with him for sixty minutes. Right, and and, and I think then replace him with a with a, with a young right. guy. And, right? and I think that's the part that's that I found especially in the Minnesota game, like super interesting, um, because so okay, Sam Johnson's not starting. That's fine. We have five subs at this point. You have five substitutions to use. We had to use one to deal with uh, to bring in Miram for. Uh, uh, Albert's injury in like the 30th minute. That still leaves you four subs. By the way, the- how awesome of an opportunity, how great is it to be able to bring someone like that in off yeah. the bench? Yeah, th- that level of experience. And and I mean, the, you know, a d- the dude in his prime was a, a DP player himself. So, yeah. 
you know, he can play every offensive position on the field. Right. That amount of versatility and, and, you know, just clear, clearly, you know, a high caliber level of player. Um, but, but where I was going with it was, I think uh, Douglas started showing pretty visible signs of fatigue to me by conservatively the 55th minute. But I, I think if we're going to be, or conservatively by the 65th minute, but I think if we're going to be totally honest, basically the start of the second half, he was already kind of gassed. Um, nothing says that, you know, Sam Johnson needs to play 70 minutes or 60 minutes or, you know, even 45 minutes. But give the guy at least half an hour when the dude on the field is clearly dying. Like, yeah. th- that's the part that I just don't understand. And then, and then I think where we've been going with this, what we've been ramping up to, is is this DP conversation like, you know, is RSL like are we just getting it wrong this frequently? Like that 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 blows my mind. That worries me. Well, I had a I had an old boss who was a who's a big time Amazon guy. Had a saying. He, it's from a quote somewhere else. He says, "In God we trust. Everyone else." bring data the data here suggests that we absolutely are getting it wrong name me the last dp signing that was successful for us and by the way i don't mean internal players whom we converted into dps sure like that we actually brought on as dps yeah as the dps yeah i mean i i think you know probably burrito if we're gonna be honest yeah how'd that work out yeah, maybe Jaime. I, I forget the timeline here. Like it's all, yeah, I know. it's all kind of a blur here. But yeah, it, it's it's been a hot minute. Uh, well, never mind. Uh, Jefferson Savarino. I I think that was the ultimate ultimate success story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeff Jefferson. So, somewhat recently, I think. No, well, he left recently. We didn't bring him on recently. I mean, he's he was here for what three years, four years. Huh. Yeah, I mean, not like yesterday, but also not, you know, nine years ago. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, no, um, my two cents on this is we're – and look, I'm okay with this, by the way. I I do I do like the approach of just be, – you're not playing – you're not getting playing time based on your pay, right? Right. And so, and yeah, that's an important distinction, I think. I do like that approach. I think it's an important approach. But then the question should be, if I'm DLH, man, if I'm DLH, I'm asking questions like, okay, your talent evaluation was clearly wrong. Like, who's to blame? Is is this uh, Bama Dog? Who, who exactly is to blame? At the end of the day, it's the GM. Yes, I get that. Right. But how do we, why does a guy, I don't know what Martinez makes. I don't even know what uh, Johnson makes, but I'm sure it's close to seven figures, right? No, I think Johnson's sub-million. Right, sub, but close. Well into six figures. Let, let me just say it this way. It's probably no less than five times what Martinez makes. Why am I paying guy A five times more than guy B and guy B is doing all the playing? Yeah, right. I mean that's that's yeah, Sam Johnson six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's a healthy 
healthy amount of money to kick around the ball for 15 minutes once right. a week. And it, it is, it is worth noting that both Sam Johnson and um, Jason Ramirez can be bought down using Tam from their DP slots. So they're, they are what we've called uh, DP and name only players, but, yeah, but remember, still very remember, well compensated. Remember one thing. All the TAM discussion is just to offset against maximum amount of money you can spend. TAM, right. money, it, TAM money is not real money. At the end of the day, you're still paying the guy the same thing. You can't say, yeah, he doesn't pay, care. You know, I'm paying you six fifty, but I'm buying you down one fifty through TAM. You, you, he's not getting five hundred. He's still getting six fifty. Right. DLH he, is still shelling out six fifty for him. <laughs> yes, there is still the the check is still hitting that agreed upon number exactly so maybe we can move on from this but i do think that this is a very important question and you know if we were not in the middle of all sorts of things happening right now including a big tournament in the process of uh, being completed as we speak i think this is one of those good like long discussions that right we 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 need to have and we need to have with rsl nation right and yeah. we're not going to approach the team with it because you know, yeah, that's, we're, that's how we're you get here. the team answer. <laughs> we're, we're literally one click away at all times. Um, right. But we do need to ask ourselves that question. I mean, when was the last time a DP player worked out? And at what point do we say, okay, let's stop bringing in big guys? Yeah. Maybe, maybe academy is the way to go. I mean, we did talk about this for the past couple of years that we are going to be an academy-driven um, team in this league, and that is okay. That is okay with us. But yeah, we also at the same time keep complaining we don't have a number nine when I think we have a clearly capable and competent number nine that we're not using across right. two coaches now. Right. So is the problem with him? Are we is there something we don't know? Right. But it if that's the case, you know, sell the guy, let's move on. Like let's, you know, let's fix the problem of we aren't scoring. With a striker, well, you right can't you, you can't even sell him because you'd be losing money at this point because you're not playing him, right? Right, um, you, de- you you're depreciating his value because you don't get to play him. I just he, he, I'm gonna close this with this. I'm not gonna get into another rant about DPS because that's again that can go on, on for an hour. I think it's inexcusable that if Sam Johnson does not play the majority of the game tomorrow. I mean, we'll see what the result holds, obviously. <laughs> right. Um, but I th- it is inexcusable that a guy of that caliber, <clears throat> of, of that capability, physical, mental, smartness, instinct, yeah. just a pure number nine. That, that dude is a... That dude is... Again, I don't want to invoke Saborio because he was the ultimate number nine. Like, I think Saborio didn't even know how to throw a ball in. All he knew is how to put the ball on a frame with power. With power. There it is. That is all he did. Right. He did right. that. He did that very well, and he did very well for us. Sam Johnson is that kind of a player, except I think Sam Johnson is actually a lot less selfish and maybe even more rounded of a player, which could be a problem. Because again, Saborio, one skill set, ball yeah. on frame with power. That is it. As as most of RSL Nation will tell you, uh, 
He definitely did not defend. Um, Dude barely ran. Right. Like it, it's, he was there to do I, a I would job like to and he did some, that job I, very well. I would, like to, I would like to see some stats around like miles, goals scored per mile ran. I'll I, bet you Saborio is up there. Yeah. And I would also argue in his very brief time here, uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic probably tops that list. Well, he, I think Zlatan Ibrahimovic probably tops that list internationally in the history this period. Books. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so fair. there's that. But, you know, he's like, hey, that's what I do. <laughs> right. You know, right. give me the ball. I'll score. I'll, 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 he, he, I will not. Well, he just scored twice today. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's yeah. still doing it at, at any level you can, you can care to pick. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. Anyway, so um, I think it's inexcusable that we don't play a guy like that because I think we have a team that can create chances. We just need a dude to put him away. Put him away. Right. Put him away. If nothing else, again, on frame with power. Right. That's that, all you can ask for. That's a start. Yeah. Um, there's an expression I'm fond of, and I've used it for some captions on the page every once in a while, but it's uh, comparison is the thief of joy. And uh, I couldn't help and look at our opponents tomorrow and what their uh, DP list looks like. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I don't think, at least historically, that SKC has been spending much more than RSL. That obviously changed until last yeah this year right um but so their dps consists of uh felipe gutierrez the chilean midfielder um Mm -hmm. he's out with like surgery like he's missed the entire tournament um but a a big hit for them but when he's on a dude that produces um the next big name and you know i i know most of rsl nation will join me in this um and not being able to stand the guy, but he does, he does put up results. Is the uh, um, Johnny Russell, the Scottish forward? Yeah, like you know, dude's good. Dude gets minutes. Probably Hate one that of their, guy, but he's good. Yeah, probably one of their most important players. And then obviously the name that you know most people will recognize, and and their you know biggest signing in club history by far, uh, uh, the Mexican forward Alan Polito you know, leading mm-hmm. goal scorer for uh, Liga MX. Uh, I think last, I forget what they call it, but last fall essentially because they break their season up into two. Um, who's been finding the back of the net for them regularly throughout MLS's back and the first two games of the season. Like a very dangerous forward that's, from what I can tell, you know, worth it at this point. Like if I'm an SKC fan, that's a good let me, buy. Let me ask you a question, the baker. What's up, man? Does he put the ball on frame with power? Regularly. Yeah, we have one of those. I don't think it's quite the same level, but yes, I, I think we have a guy that has a similar skill set and expertise that isn't getting minutes. And it's 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 very there I there I need to know the reason at this point. I feel like as a fan, I, I try not to throw the word entitled around very much because it's a really bad way to live. But as a fan, given the amount of time and resources we have put into this, I feel entitled to a reason. Like, that's, not, that's not entitled. I think entitled is the wrong word here. You are owed an answer. You are looking for a return on your investment. You want to know why in the F, the guy we all think can help us tremendously is not seeing minutes. 
it is okay if he's not seeing minutes. Right. But don't keep me guessing, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. N- nobody, you know, and I, and I think it's really important to keep saying this because it's a point we need to hammer home. Nobody on this podcast is, is suggesting that players should be getting minutes based off of their salary or their reputation or their name. Guys should be getting minutes based on their performance. But if highly paid players with a very limited and specific designation on our roster, which the, you know, the MLS is a league where that matters. Like every other team gets the exact same amount of DPs, right? Like that, that's the, how you use that slot as a differentiator. Um, like what, what are we getting wrong where, you know, there's a very realistic scenario where tomorrow our DP slots, it, it, we might as well not have them. Like it, it, it would be a benefit to us not to have DP, you know, to have that burden to go look for DP guys. Yeah. Like there needs to be an explanation at this point. Are the coaches not involved in the scouting of these players? I mean, do they, I don't know. Look, we can, we can probably get off of this uh, soapbox because we'll never finish. I would just be extremely disappointed if Sam Johnson does not get proper minutes. It, it's, it makes no sense. And if he doesn't, I would like some freaking answers. Right. Give me some answers. Definitely. So, yeah. Move on. Um, you know, a bunch of teams have already uh, clinched and, and there's, you know, we'll probably have a very good idea of who will we be, you know, facing um, next round. Um, I, I don't want there is a next round. So, so I've been looking at this. So the top two teams in every group advance and RSL, if RSL, so if RSL wins or ties, they're automatically through. And even if we lose, because the, there's like, f- I think four wild card, uh, four wild card slots, even if we lose based off of what I've seen, it is extremely likely that one of those slots will be in our group. Um, so, so even a third place finish in that group, just based off of the, you know, like points, um, obviously doesn't guarantee you anything, but it's very likely that you make it into the next round. Okay. So I love, I love that sobering reminder. Let me remind you of something else. We're playing Kansas City tomorrow. Right. We're playing SKC, 7 a.m. local, well, 7 a.m. mountain, 9 a.m. local in Florida. And if we beat them, it's probably likely they do not make it through. Would you agree with that? Um, no, I, I think they can make it through. I, I they think, could still make it through. Yeah, I okay. think it's very likely that one of those wild card slots will be coming out of Group D, regardless. Got it. Um, at the same time, Minnesota is playing Colorado, right? Yeah, we we could uh-huh. have a scenario where if we beat Sporting and Colorado beat Minnesota, and if Colorado can do, you know, do a solid job, they could take that third 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 slot, and they could, in theory. You know, I, I would SKC rather out. I would rather Colorado go through than SKC. I'm not That's sure. I, I know we as RSL fans for some reason have a hard on for like hating Colorado, and we do. But SKC is way worse in my book than Colorado. I think tomorrow morning's match 
This is Wednesday morning because if anyone listens to this, they'll probably listen to it tonight. Tomorrow morning's match has all of the hallmarks of renewing or remaking this RSL-SKC rivalry because over the past couple of years, it has kind of died down. Remember when it all kicked off in that preseason friendly down in Arizona at Tucson? Uh, it got real violent. Then it went into some playoff matches between us. There was uh, obviously the MLS Cup final between us. There was, it was a really heated, organically created rivalry. Not one of these plastic rivalries. Like right. Suddenly I'm reading Orlando and Miami are rivals. Like, really? They have never even played each other. Right. I mean, and they I didn't even point, know Miami... Yeah. I didn't even know Miami had any fans. Right. And when we joined the league, we were automatically like, oh, oh Colorado is our rival. Why? I mean, I, look, I hate the Denver Nuggets more than I hate the Colorado Rapids, to be fair, right, from my personal perspective. SKC RSL has, it's just a naturally, it occurred in nature <laughs> at a preseason friendly. Right. Uh, at, a, at a neutral ground. That's where it kicked off and then just followed with a few years of, of just meeting each other in all the worst places. And it has worn off a bit over the years. It, it really has. I understand Seattle, Portland, decades of history there. Right. I still don't understand LA Galaxy, LAFC. I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. They, did everyone buy into the hype at the exact same time? I don't get it. I don't understand Miami and, and Orlando. Not at all. Not one bit. It's all just BS made-up stuff. NYCFC and the Red Bulls? Really? Yeah, well, like, that, that, one's, what, that one's gotten some legitimacy in, in recent years. It has yes. gotten some legitimacy because people bought into this fake narrative. Yeah, and that's just MLS. Yeah. Like, they, that's yeah. you know, Heineken Rivalry Week. You got to sell that sponsorship slot to somebody. Yes. So, I get that. I think tomorrow's game, with there's quite a bit on the line. Remember, it, it is also a regular season game. There's three points. It is, right? Yeah. Yep. There is going through. There is top spot available. I'm not. I don't even remember how they're gonna do the, the matchups and the playoffs, but I'm assuming top seeds get the lower seeds, right? That's how it's supposed to go. Yeah, yeah. Seeding, seeding is a thing. Yeah. So I do, and and then throw everything else in there. Throw, remember, I mean, just just. A couple of games ago, Colorado, man, that was awesome. That was a very chippy game. You can see both teams wanted it, and you can see they did not like each other. Now, that could just be that there's a lot of anticipation. There's a lot of built-up energy because no one has played a freaking game in months, right? I think tomorrow's game, SKC RSL, has all the hallmarks of renewing this rivalry, if at all possible. Now, let me tell you something I'm worried about, extremely worried about. A tie is enough. We never play well when a tie is enough, ever. When was the last time we played well when a tie is enough? Last game, a tie was enough. How did that go? Right, yeah, it, it, like it showed. Yeah, it just showed. They're going to go come for the jugular, right? Because they know they beat us, they're in. They get the three points and they go through to the tournament, through the rest of the tournament. Right. If whatever team loses tomorrow, sure, maybe can still make it through, but it's not a guarantee. Plus, you lose the points, right? Right. Man, after sitting all these months on the sideline, 
and not having any RSL footy available to me, I don't want it to end tomorrow because who the hell knows if the season ever gets continued. And even if it does, it's probably what weeks out. Yeah. 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 For sure. Easily. No, you, you bring up a solid point. I mean, like it, it's, and, and you know, if, if Freddie is looking at this as like, Hey, a tie is going to be fine just to get us through. That's, that's risky behavior. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm genuinely excited for this game because I think, you know, our back line has done a solid job for these first two games. You know, we've kept a clean sheet, uh, for both of the games, of the tournament, um, but I think it's also worth pointing out that we faced some teams who didn't necessarily have all of their attacks in order. Like Colorado can be dangerous in the attack. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think anyone would describe them as like a very dangerous attacking team. I think SKC is the first competition that we're facing where I think we're facing a very dangerous attacking team. That being said, they have all kinds of, you know, faults of their own i think defensively they are a liability um you know between zuzi and beasler you have two 33 year old uh uh fullbacks who you know it shows um and i would love to see Corey baird just run at those guys and expose them and and same with douglas and uh well how about uh, this guy named sam johnson i hear, I hear he's pretty quick Right, or this, or this Sam Johnson fella, or even this, you know, Jason kid. Maybe he gets his first, you know, gets his first minutes tomorrow of the tournament. Um, it's, it's, you know, you're right. Like the the rivalry kind of lost some of its its bite, and we have. I, I think it'll happen naturally. I think, you know, SKC are going to come onto the field as very desperate men, um, and then I think when they are desperate, they play dirty. It, you know, based off of history, I, I think under uh, Peter Vermes, that's like they are, they have that culture of, you know, get it done at all costs. And, um, you know, I think that's going to result in some physicality. I think it's worth pointing out that our boy Kyle Beckerman didn't play any minutes uh, against Minnesota. So hopefully he will be, you know, back fully with some rest and can really show up for that. Oh, you know, you know, that he game. loves that game. Yeah, you like that's, that you know, game. I think he's marked this one on his calendar. I think, I think Everton, you know, gets it. Um, I think the young guys in the back, they get it. And, you know, now we just, you know, it, it's going to be a good match. I, I have, I have very high hopes for this game. And I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that we come out of this with three points. What's your over under on red cards? Um, so did you watch the Colorado SKC game by any chance? No. So Colorado, the highlights. Yeah. Colorado ended up getting two reds, um, which, you know, the dog. So I think was pretty obvious and it was there. Um, and then the scent, I, I think, I think it's very likely that somebody sees a red in that game. Yeah. Very I'll call it right now. I think there's a red card tomorrow morning. Yeah. I, um, I just hope that they're on the receiving end and not us. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we do have Everton and Kyle. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think Everton's been kind of pushing, pushing it anyway. He, he has been, he has been pushing it. Yes. 
you know, I, I could see an envir- a scenario where, you know, Everton is on the receiving end of a few fouls that maybe aren't being ca- uh, called and things are being let slide. And, um, you know, suddenly he just lashes out and, and boom, uh, boom, there's a red card. It, it's yeah. Anything could happen. Um, but that being said, I could just as likely see a scenario where we send a long ball, you know, over the top to Corey Baird and he puts, you know, old man Zuzi in his rear view mirrors. And all of a sudden you've got a yeah. last man on, on the goalie type of scenario. And you've got a dog. So, per, you know, perhaps like that could happen just as easily as Everton losing his temper. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what's, what's your prediction for tomorrow? Oh, I think, I think it's going to be, I think there's going to be some goals in this one. Um, I'm going to say two, one us. Oh, I was going to say two, one us. Well, if we're aligning, then that's that's probably how it's going to be. Yeah, or probably there's no way in hell it's going to be that way because we never align. There's also that. Well, either way, I think I, I agree with you. I think it's almost a disservice to this match to be a 7 a.m. game. Right. Our time. Right. It should be a prime time, 8.30 p.m. kickoff, you know, Florida time. Not like it really matters too much, but I'm just talking about like, let's make sure everyone brings their best senses to mind. And back to my original point from earlier, this podcast, which is, it is a seven, excuse me. It's an, okay. Let's talk Eastern time zone for just a second. It's a 9 a.m. game. Yep. I don't know. I've never seen our guys play at 9 a.m. I don't know what they're like. They're usually probably not even leaving the house for practice by 9 a.m. On, on regular days. That's that's part of you know being a soccer player. You practice usually starts around tenish, ten thirty, depending on where you play, I guess. Um, you know, comes with other disciplinary necessities in your life, but that's one of those you don't have to have. You get to sleep in a bit, right? I'm assuming and hoping, knowing what I've seen from Freddie, that they're probably have you know given a lot of thought around structuring practice including hopefully wake up times and practice times to align with this game so we'll see what happens but there's that again that's that extra extra x factor right you have the x factor of the whole corona thing you have the x factor of multiple months off then you have the x factor of having to travel and stay or stay away from your family in this weird place called orlando in a bubble literally Right. right um they're all X factors. And then you just add on top of all of that, this additional X factor. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, yeah, the world is collectively losing its mind. Yeah. Like it, it's, there's, there's, there are a lot of distractions, but if there's one thing that I have faith in Freddie being able to do very well is getting guys not to focus on those and to focus on the task at hand. He seems like he's really, you know, shared goals are kind of, kind of something he can handle. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a wild one. I'm, you know, I'm hoping for, for all three points and just retaining that first, uh, first slot and seeing who's next up. Yeah, buddy. And then if anyone's still listening, if we go through to the playoffs, I think um, you and I are going to do something special. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking at some options. Playoff for the first playoff post-match quickie get some right. crowd involved that's the plan all right man. yeah you know one day at a time 
Yes, sir. Anything else to add before we call it an evening and let these people no, listen to let's, us? Let's publish this thing. On. Let's publish this thing while there's still some time to listen to it, and uh, we'll catch everyone bright and early tomorrow at seven. RSL Nation, it's been a pleasure. Adios. It's your boys.